You guys know that I've joined the Motivated CEO podcast to the podcast Her Network. It's really been a game changer for the fast track to growing this podcast. And I am so excited to tell you that they are opening their doors right now for you to come and join too. If you want to learn more, join the founder, Joanne Bolt, and myself at the upcoming live masterclass, Three-Step Visibility Engine, by registering at podcasther.com forward slash masterclass. Starting and running a business is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Whether you're an established business owner or thinking about starting a side hustle to earn extra income, I am here to teach you how to show up as your unfiltered self, level up your business, and thrive as a mompreneur. Let's embrace the chaos and start enjoying the journey together. I'm Amy Tra, and you're listening to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Welcome back into the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Today, we are talking all about how to set up successful business foundations because we need to start treating our businesses like businesses, the legal entities that they are. So I am joined today by Mia Nazaro, and we are going to dive into this conversation. Mia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Can you tell our listeners more about yourself, who you are, what you do, and who you help? Sure. So I am a business attorney, and I have the pleasure of working with business owners, oftentimes small business owners who are just starting off their companies, and we help form their businesses. We help get them started. We help institutionalize their businesses. So sometimes they have already gotten themselves started, have a little bit of revenue coming in, and are looking to um, put structure around their business. Um, we also work with large businesses that might have you know, even a million dollars in revenue and are looking to expand and grow. My background is both in nonprofit and in social enterprise as well as startups. So I have a varied um, background to draw on and I have lived all over the country. I am also a mom of four young children. I have five-year-old twins. So I'm a mom of multiples as well. So I understand the push and pull of being an entrepreneur and a mom and working and trying to kind of pull it all together, trying to juggle it all. I have children with um, learning differences and do lots of therapies, lots of OT, PT, speech, um, mental health therapy for my kids. So I get being a mom, having to do it all. Um, I was a business consultant. I had a business consulting firm for um, over 15 years before I had my law firm. So I, um, that was one of several different businesses that I've had. So I've had many different hats as a serial entrepreneur as well. And I'm so excited to be part of this conversation. I love it because you can relate to what all of our listeners are going through, the juggle that it all is. And there are some very basic things we can do starting out to set ourselves up for success, to build that strong foundation. What are some of the most common mistakes? Let's start with mistakes that you see business owners making that just make you cringe. 
I would say that the most common mistake that I see businesses making is not taking themselves seriously. If you are going to start a business, believe in yourself. That's number one, because if you do not believe in yourself, then why should anybody else? If you are not your biggest champion, if you do not believe that you can make it, if you do not believe in your product or service, then no one else will. They will not take you seriously. They will not value you. They will not pay for your product or service. So it starts with you. That goes before you have a legal entity, before you get insurance, before anything else is that confidence and that belief. And that doesn't have anything to do with legal advice or anything else. It, it comes from that self-confidence. And I think that once you have that core foundation, then you can start taking the next steps because without that, you're not going to have the confidence to do what you need to do to spend and invest in making your business a reality because it's going to take time, effort, money, and hard work to get your business off the ground. It's not going to be easy. All of those success stories that you see in magazines, those are, we call them garage fables. They're, they're not real. Microsoft, Amazon, Google, they have wonderful success stories that are PR myths. They didn't happen the way that we write about them. They happen through lots of hard work and they made billions of dollars, but they didn't happen overnight. And they happened through really hard work. And you need to put in that time and effort too in your business, even if it never amounts to billions of dollars, you really need to believe in yourself first. Thank you for that. Because I think so often we forget, we forget that we have to trust in the process and we create these fairy tales in our minds that I'm just going to wake up one day and I'm going to have a multi-million dollar business. No. It doesn't happen that way. That'd be kind of cool if it did, but that's wish. Not, right. Exactly. It's not reality. It is a huge commitment and an investment of time, effort, and money, like you said. What other mistakes do you see? So after we build the confidence, where should we go from there? I think you need to decide what success means to you. And I think that's really important. And again, this is not a legal advice, but it goes to then figuring out the next steps because success is different to each of us. And I think this is the trap that we fall into, especially, and I'm going to just go out and say it, especially as Americans, because success doesn't have to be about money. And I say this as a mom, because success does have to do with some money. I need money to support myself and my children. But success to me individually also has to do with time and presence because I need to be present for my children. So for me, success means the flexibility to be present for my children. I need to be able to be present to take them to their therapies and to be able to be present in their lives because I value that more than the additional money that I could make. And so I will sacrifice the growth of my company 
because that is part of my definition of success. Now that might be different for somebody else. Maybe they are empty nesters. And for them, the growth, the high growth of their company is much more important in their definition of success. So success is different for everybody else. Success may be giving opportunity to disadvantaged youth. It may be growing your local community outreach and providing um, a local resource in your community. It doesn't have to be centered around money. And I think that's very important because we all get into business to realize a vision. And once you realize what that vision is, then you can start building out the structure to support that vision. So, so good. And it's important to touch upon that success, it doesn't have to mean the same thing for you that it does the next person. It's really taking the time to dive down deep and figure out what does success look like for me? You know, I've even taken that a step further. What does success look like for our family? You know, we have a family, we have a business plan. And then we also have a family plan, which has very similar things. It's knowing, okay, what is our mission? What are our values? What does success look like? What is our why? And what are those core values? And just taking the time to do that Don't you feel as though that creates the roadmap then? You can reverse engineer any goal and figure out, Mm -hmm. are you taking the right steps, the aligned steps to get to that outcome? It does, because then you can sit with your choices and feel comfortable and confident in them. And I think it goes back, you know, I ask my children, you know, we often ask our children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think that that is a, a, a wrong question. I ask my children, how do you want to be? Because what the answer should be is I want to be happy. I want to be kind. I want to be content with my life. And if that is the goal, then I can have a lot of different options and choices and still reach that goal in a lot of different ways. And it's the same with business. If my outcome is X, there's a lot of different paths to X. And it's the same way in business. If I... If I just want to be a certain way, then I have a singular path to get there, right? If I only want to be an attorney, right? But if I want to be happy, content with my life, content with myself, then I have a lot of different ways to get there, a lot of different paths to get there. So I'm not as easily frustrated along that journey. And I think that that's really important to take into our business lives. And, And I think that that then takes us to how do we structure our business? Because now we can have a more open mind on how do we get there? Because we're not becoming myopic. We have an idea of what that end goal looks like. And now we can go to our business advisors, our accountants, our lawyers, our business advisors, our bookkeepers. We can bring in those professionals because we know what it is that we're trying to achieve and we can articulate that vision to them. Yes, I I love that reframe of what do you want to be when you grow up for your kids. I think that is such a powerful shift because yeah, how how do you how do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like like? And there's so many ways to achieve the same outcome. But figuring out what path you want to take and how what feels good to you and how you want your life to look. That right there is is fabulous and absolutely transformational for so many people. So how do we then start to build these these solid legal structures and have these these practices in place that will set ourselves up for success so we can start treating our business like a business? 
So a lot of people feel like they have to set themselves up as an LLC. And I would say yes and no. It kind of depends on what you're going to do. And, you know, you might want to talk to an attorney. Um, The likelihood of getting sued is really low. I mean, let's face it, it kind of depends what type of business you're in. So talking to an attorney could be really helpful. I would suggest that everybody has insurance. You know, that insurance is going to protect you and your personal assets. And the LLC is only going to protect you if you have all of these other structures in place. And I think that that's what most people don't recognize is you need to have the legal entity, you need to have insurance, you need to have, you need to not commingle your assets. So you have to keep all of your accounts separated. Um, You you need to have an operating agreement, which a lot of LLCs don't have if they're single member. And so if you don't have the capacity to manage the LLC in the way it needs to be done for it to really protect you, then there's no point. So you might as well be a sole proprietor. It's it, it's okay. It's okay to not be perfect. Um, and, and that's okay. I, I'm giving you permission to not be perfect. Um, the most important part is probably having your separate bank account for your business, which you can do as a sole proprietorship. Go and get a separate taxpayer identification number for your business so you're not handing out your social security number to every Tom, Dick, and Jane out there, okay? For your own protection, keep your social security number private. Get a taxpayer identification number at the very least. Um, Please consider keeping your private information private, okay? Um, The next thing is get insurance. I know we don't want to pay for more insurance, but find an insurance policy to protect yourself from liability. If you have a brick and mortar store, if you have a place where people are coming in, you need liability insurance in case somebody trips and falls. You need um, workers' compensation insurance if you have employees. You are going to need insurance if you give advice to people for professional liability insurance. Speak to an insurance broker. If you have any sort of relationship with any third party, have an attorney look over your agreement. Make sure that you have something in place that protects you. Have a way to unwind that relationship. I think of myself as a relationship-based attorney because when I look at these agreements, I look at what is that agreement with yourself if it's an operating agreement? So how are you negotiating that business, uh, how are you operating that business? Um, How are you making that business work with your employees or your contractors? And how are you going to unwind that relationship if it's no longer working? And then how are you going to make that business work with your suppliers, your vendors, or your clients, your customers? And again, how are you going to unwind that if it doesn't work, if they need to return an order, if they need to cancel your services? Because you don't want to go to arbitration. You don't want to go to mediation. You don't want to go to court. It's really expensive. So how are you going to unwind those relationships is just as important as how you're going to form those relationships. So having somebody that can walk you through that, that understands relationships is really important. How you're going to get paid, how you're going to pay others, what those terms of payment are. 
that's really important too. And so really understanding from a contractual perspective, what that looks like is really important. And it doesn't have to be one-sided. The best relationships are not one-sided. And so what are your what are your statutory, your legal obligations by statute or regulation? And so having an attorney come in and talk to you about those requirements and the policies you're putting in place, the type of culture you want to have for your company is to me very important. Um, you know, I'm kind of going on a tirade here, but um you want to have an accounting system in place. It's just as important. You want to know where your money is, how much money you have. You want to have a real payment system. You know, QuickBooks is awesome. QuickBooks Online, there's great tutorials. Um, it dovetails with a lot of programs. So you can use Square or Stripe. I know it seems overwhelming to a lot of people. I mean, it was overwhelming for me too, but you can do it. I also, I've seen Dubsado used as a um, client portal system. Um, it's really low cost. I would not use their accounting system, but it does dovetail really well with QuickBooks Online. Um, it has a great integration feature. It is not a great accounting system in and of itself for project management, but it does have a great dovetail into QuickBooks Online. Um, so for cost management, um, but it's a great, tool for um, solopreneurs um, and it's very user-friendly. So there are so many solutions out there to help you manage your, your payment system, your client portal systems. Um, take a look at what is out there for you to manage and automate your process and really streamline and keep things moving forward so that you can be organized and consistent. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is such great advice. I feel like so many times we're trying to do all of the things. We're trying to wear all of all of the hats. But when you really stay within your zone of genius, when you just stick to what you know and do that well, that's where you grow exponentially faster. So seeking help from a CPA, having an attorney look over all of your contracts, talking with an insurance broker, what do you need? What can protect you? I mean, right there, that's going to help you from the get-go set yourself up for success because you're not meant to do this alone. You don't have all no. the answers. There are people that do have the answers. Seek them out, get them on board because they are the most valuable asset that you can have is having a good you know, systems and, and workflows and automations in place. And yes, there are so many automations. And I even love, like I use QuickBooks as well. And what I love is that I can just link it online so that my CPA has access to it at tax time. So literally all I do is, you know, just allow her access and boom, she does her magic for me. And it's just right. a beautiful thing, but just knowing where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are and where you can ask for help because you're the expert. I didn't go to law school. <laughs> you spent well, a lot of time and a lot of money to learn this. Well, and a lot of people will go to um, LegalZoom and get something online like that. And there is a time and place where you can use that, but it is not customized to your business. You cannot ask them for legal advice. They, they are not allowed to give you legal advice. So you're not able to actually 
ask them what works for your business. And there are a lot of gaps in those agreements that will leave you open and vulnerable. And so being able to ask an attorney to help you, even if it is for a short consultation so that you can get a better agreement, even if it were to cost you $2,000 to get a good client agreement, that's the client agreement you're going to use over and over again to run your business. That's an investment in you. That's going to give you the foundation. And I'm going to put it this way. When women start businesses, they tend to look at it as, oh, if I just make enough, it'll be good. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to spend too much money. I'm just going to make enough. And that's kind of the mindset that I find a lot of women have versus men. When they start businesses, this is their mindset. I'm millions. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the the biggest player in the field. I'm going to make millions and millions of dollars. And you know what they do? They incorporate their business or they form an LLC. They get their insurance. They get an attorney to look over everything. They line up an accountant because in their minds, they're going to be millionaires. So they build out that foundation from the beginning. For women, because they've never built out that foundation, it's very hard for them to A, get started and B, to grow and accelerate and scale because they don't have the structures in place. So even if they are offering a great product or service, they don't have what they need to scale. And even if they're, they are successful, they're having to backtrack to create the components necessary to continue to build and scale. So they're having to go backwards before they can go forwards. And it's really unfortunate. And, and I think it's more of a societal issue of how we value ourselves. Um, it's not us individually. It's just how we look at what we're contributing. And I think we're we're juggling so much. It's really hard to focus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's scary too. It's because it is an investment upfront, getting all of these systems, processes, legal, everything, all your ducks in a row. But once you make those mindset shifts and take those actions, the possibilities are endless. So we are just starting to change the narrative. And we keep having conversations like this, and we will be changing the narrative to the point where we're not, oh, you know, maybe I'll just make enough. No, let's demand better and demand more. Why not? Because as moms, we do make amazing business owners. You do. You bring a lot to the table. I'll, I'll put it this way. Have you negotiated with your two-year-old or your five-year-old? Have you had to explain illogical logic to your five-year-old? Because if you have, you are a really good negotiator. Yes. You have a lot of patience. You bring a lot of business acumen and skill to your professional life that you just have not been able to value in a business sense yet, but you have those skills. And the investment that you're putting in your business will pay off if you can stick to it. I would say, don't talk to other women about the value of your business. Talk to other men. What are they charging for similar business products and services? Increase the price you are charging, you know, and really do your market research. Charge for your products and services. Charge more. Make back your money on your investment and get an attorney to look over those legal documents so that you really are protecting yourself, protecting your family, protecting your investment. 
and get that operating agreement if you're an LLC. Don't operate without one so that your, your LLC really is protecting you. Otherwise, you might as well have a sole proprietorship and really have an effective client engagement letter, a client agreement, a customer agreement. Make those documents effective, effective for you so that you are getting the most out of your business. And a really good business attorney is able to listen to what you need, your vision, and help you bring that to life. So, so good. So Mia, where can we learn more about you? How can we get into your world? So I have a website at uh, Nazaro, N-A-Z-Z-A-R-O law.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Mia, M-I-Y-A, Nazaro, N-A-Z-Z as in zebra, A-R-O. And our law firm is online. Feel free to visit and you can schedule an appointment with us. We're happy to talk to you. Um, we will help you if we can. And if we can't, we will find somebody who can. Um, we want everybody to be successful, especially the women that we work with. Um, you know, a lot of women are trying to find the next chapter for themselves. And so figuring out what that looks like and how to get you on that road is really important to us. And I know you can do it. And part of that is shifting that mindset. And I think we bring to it a different way of serving others and serving our families. So I wish you all the very best on this next chapter and good luck. Mia, thank you so much for sharing your value with our community today. And until next time, moms, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 